and welcome to Philly and the Over, a brand new Philadelphia-based sports gambling podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Joe Simonera. I'm joined by Shane Curran. Shane, tell us what's on tap for today. College football, NFL Week 2. All right, time to cash in. A rough start for the year, Joe. You are 4-10. and ten. I have an over-under question for you. Okay. Over-under, until you win a week in college football, one and a half. Over. <laughs> it, oh man, come on! You have to go no, under. I, I don't. I don't know what I'm. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Is is how this all feels. And I think that the the college football slates for the first three weeks are as bad as I've ever seen. I think week one there was one top twenty five matchup. I think last week there was one top twenty five matchup, which wasn't even that good. I don't even know that there's a top. I don't think there's a top twenty five matchup this week. The the like NBC primetime game. I'm, I'm I'm playing it. It's Syracuse at Purdue. There are <laughs> there are no like week three is usually a down week. There's really I mean there's no good games. You know if South Carolina ha- had beat North Carolina, I'd be interested in South Carolina Georgia, um, but they did not. And they look terrible. Uh, you know Penn State Illinois could have been something, but I don't think Illinois is very good. Uh, the, the slates are just horrible. So I think once once we get into a groove of some good games, um, that's where I, that's where I find my edge. But uh, yeah, I am I, I am at zero confidence. Uh, so uh, you can look at this as me giving you five picks, fade them all, and you're probably going to make money. So you know, take it that way, or or maybe you think that uh, that I'll get back on track. But I, I just I, I just don't know. I mean, it is it's very reminiscent of what happened to you last year. You had a slow yeah. start last year a laughable start last year. And then you got on a tear in the last 10 weeks of the college football season. Uh, hopefully that happens earlier this year. I think you've, you, you start off, you're about 30, 34% yep. uh, throughout the first handful of weeks and you ended up at 56%. So that just goes to show how big of a tear you went on the, the second half of the year. So hopefully that, that continues this year. Let's get started and break down some of the games this week. We are starting at a, a game that's close to home, Penn state they put a shellacking on Delaware last week. It was not much of a game. I will admit that, uh, although it was not one of my best bets, I did lose a bet on that game. And what was that? Did I tell you about this? No. I took Delaware under <laughs> five and a half points. Uh, what was it? Was that the actual line, or was that like a like a uh, like no? An that was line? that was that was a legit line. I had to lay minus one ten, and uh, you know. I, I expected this to be a shutout. I, I didn't think Delaware would be able to move the ball, and they had they had one play for the entire game, yep. and, and that truly cost me. Uh, I expected, even if they had a play like that, that a Penn State player would be able to have the speed to chase the Delaware player down. Again, that did not happen. So I ended up losing uh, losing on that game as well. So I every every week that I bet college, I, I realize why I, I don't bet college and uh, I am uh, I'm going to take a little bit of a break from college <laughs> after uh, after a slow start. But for you, Penn State is uh, minus 15 and a half uh, versus Illinois this week. Who do you like in this one? I like Penn State minus 15 and a half. And, I, and I'll say this for, for a lot of these plays, um, you can probably find better numbers at this point. I think Penn State, you could probably find it at 15 or even 14 and a half. I've seen. Um, but um, you know, these are really the ceiling of, of the numbers that I would, I would play it at. So Penn state minus 15 and a half um, at Illinois, you know, we all know about the, the nine overtime game with Illinois, just a total fluke a couple of years ago. Um, I think Penn state is significantly better than Illinois this year. Um, we haven't really seen 
Nick Singleton do anything. Uh, against West Virginia, it was a yeah. nice, nice dose of Katron Allen. And against Delaware, it was everybody. Um, so I think that Singleton is is certainly due for a, a big game. Um, and I think that the Penn State certainly wins the battle at at quarterback with with uh, Drew Aller and the way he's been playing. Um, whereas Illinois will have Luke Altmaier, who's a transfer from uh, uh, transfer from Ole Miss, I believe, who is a little bit dangerous with his legs. Um, but I think Penn State has enough to to shut him down on on defense. Um, and this will be an interesting test for Penn State because you know against West Virginia they 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 had an, just an incredible offensive line and Penn State's tackles did not look um just, just they just didn't look the part. Um, they, they just looked a little bit too small. Um, really couldn't couldn't create much. But again, that's a re- that's that's the best offensive line they're going to face until they play Michigan. Um, and then against Delaware, it just. I mean, Penn State played 80 players against Delaware. So you, you just, you, you, you glean nothing from that game. Um, so, so I'm kind of basing this off of, off of West Virginia and, and what we saw um, where I think, you know, Penn, I think West Virginia might actually be a little bit better than Illinois this year. This is a down year for, for Illinois. They're with a new defensive coordinator. Um, so all that stuff kind of, kind of factors in, but, but ultimately I just think that um you're going to see the best version of Abdul Carter in this game. Whereas, you know, against, um, against West Virginia, he probably didn't have his best game against Delaware was, you know, in the snaps he played, he, he, he came out and he looked pretty good. Um, but I expect Abdul Carter to have, have his best game. Um, I think it's going to be a good test for Penn state, but I also, I, I just have a feeling like this kind of reminds me of, um, you know, when they went to Auburn last year, Nick Singleton has ran all over them. Uh, Brett Bielema is a, a really good coach. Um, defense should, should play pretty well for Illinois. But I think Singleton's do. I think he's just so good. I think they've kind of been, you know, almost just limiting his workload. Because when you get into Michigan and when you get into Ohio State, you're going to need that guy at 100. Uh, percent But I think this is a game where where he can have he can he can go off. So I'm I'm comfortable with Penn State winning this by I think the win by three touchdowns. Okay, so before before we close out on this one, have you taken Penn State minus 15 and a half yet? Yes. Ah, uh, okay. I took it on so uh, do... on Monday. <laughs> Okay, so I see a line at fourteen and a half. That's going to give you the benefit of the doubt and give you that extra point nah, there. Right. Uh, so the game with the game with Illinois, they you know last year they lost a lot of defensive uh, starters, especially in the secondary. Right, the Eagles themselves have one of those players in Sidney Brown. Yeah. They lost two starting cornerbacks as well. So this defense is not going to be the same defense that they faced last year, and I think that's obviously going to play a big factor. So I think we're still leaning on the the Illinois team or thinking of the Illinois team the same as they were last year, and and that's just not the case. So. Uh, 14 and a half is a large line for this game, considering Penn State, you know, week one didn't look too sharp. Week two didn't play a, a, a true opponent. So I think this is actually going to be their their first real test of the year. Excited to see what happens in this one. Yeah. And the only other, move- the only other thing I'll, I'll say on the game is I think that people are going to be uh, be a little bit surprised with with just how bad um, Illinois is. I think this is a. Uh, not great Illinois team that already has a loss to Kansas by 11 points and they squeaked by Toledo in their, in their Mac game um, at home. So this is not a great Illinois team. And a lot of the reasons are on the defense side of the ball. Moving on to your next game. And this is a, a coach that I know you love to fade, but I'm, I'm not sure which way you're leaning in this one. And that is Brian Kelly and LSU. They are 11 point favorites. Uh, versus Mississippi State. Right now, LSU is receiving 64% of the bets, but only 59% of the money. And uh, typically, I've I've heard you say multiple times on this podcast how much you hate Brian Kelly. I think of the people you hate most in this world, he's probably on your Mount Rushmore. 
Are you taking LSU this week? Oh God, no, 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 no. Fading Brian Kelly. Um, and, and you know, th- this is my hate for Brian Kelly. Isn't really the main factor in, in, into this. Um, I, I look at it this way. This is a massive, massive game for, for Mississippi state. Um, and especially for their coach, Zach Arnett. So, you know, we all remember, uh, you know, Mike Leach, who was just one of the all-time characters in college football. He had, you know, an untimely passing last year. Um, and Zach Arnett took over just sort of, you know, we're under the gun here. We don't really have a time for a huge coaching search. Um, we, we're not sure what we want to do. So, you know, it sounds weird, but Arnett is coaching for his job. And you want to be a head coach in the SEC. You're making, you know, the most money in college football. You're, you're, you have a ton of responsibility. You have a, you know, massive fan bases. Um, you're coaching for your job. And a game like this to get, that on his resume would be huge. Um, so you know you're 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 playing in you're you're playing the game at Mississippi State in front of the home crowd. Um, LSU, I think that that's a team that's going to feel dejected already after just you know week one ass whooping by by Florida State. So I don't know. I'm curious to see how they respond in in this game. Um, you know, I know I know last week I don't believe they played a difficult opponent, but I'm curious to see what they look like in this game um, against a team that, that's quarterbacked by Will Rogers, who I mean. He's a very frustrating player for me because I think he's insanely talented um, and and lets you down every every uh, every so often. But I think that he has the ability to, um, to just have an incredible game. And uh, we'll see what we'll see how how Brian Kelly has his team motivated. I, I don't think they will be. And I think that the Mississippi State can come out and, and make some noise in this game. I think they're going to be they're going to be up for it. I think they're going to play really well, um, led by Will Rogers. You mentioned it. College football is so much fun. And the main reason college football is so much fun, because every week is is true. It's like a playoff, league, yeah. right? You lose, yep. especially when you're when you're considered a top 25 team, you lose one game and your season is it, it's pretty much over. Unless you're yep. in Alabama and Ohio State, a Michigan, a Georgia, those type of teams can recover from that one loss because of their their history. Yep. But most of the other schools, Penn State included, cannot recover from from having one loss. And when LSU lost that badly in week one, you know, it, it, it truly could spell, you know, turn into a bad season for this team. So yep. it's just seeing what happens in uh in this one. Yep. Last week you won uh one of the bets that you did win was by betting a large uh a large underdog against a big 10 school it looks like you're you're leaning that way again and and this time it's a different team but it's it's bowling green plus 39 and a half versus michigan why are you leaning bowling green in this one well it's pretty pretty simple for me um michigan week one were 36 point favorites didn't cover week two they were 37 and a half point favorites and didn't cover against you know, horrible, horrible teams. Uh, this will be, I think this will be the last game that Harbaugh is not on the side. Or no, did he get four games or three? I think he got three. three. So this will be the last game he's not on the, yep. he's not on the sidelines for. And I just don't think Michigan has any interest in showing, showing their hand at all. So they'll go ahead. They'll take care of business. Uh, but Bowling Green will keep it inside of 40 just because Michigan doesn't, I mean, Michigan showed that they're not, they're not going to, they're not going to run it up. They're not going to do anything. They're not showing anything. And and why would they, they have the easiest non-conference schedule in, in college football, possibly in the history of college football. Um, you know, they, they're, they're very good. They know that there's only two games that they, that matter. They're, they're very good about that. So the whole season, I, I almost feel like they say, all right, we have enough talent. And Penn State can, can think like this too. And Ohio State maybe can, but we have all this talent. We're going to kill these teams. But like, we're not showing our hand, you know, drop back. Short passes, handoff, run, play a million guys. Who cares? So, so it's really interesting you mentioned that because I feel like Penn State 
challenges themselves because they are that that third mm-hmm. wheel yep. in in that conference more than more than the other two have. However, I, I did look back at Ohio State's you know recent years and and the teams that they've placed recently, and they I feel like they have the most challenging opponents of any of these Big Ten teams yep. because they've played Notre Dame for the past two years. They played uh, Oregon the two years before that when Oregon was still uh, in contention. So I feel like of all these teams, Ohio State actually has the most challenging schedule. But you do look at the games that Michigan plays, and they're against not FCS teams like Delaware, like Penn mm-hmm. State played last last week, but they are against teams like like uh, you know Colorado State and teams that you've heard of, but that just aren't good. Yeah, and and I mean, let's be honest, Delaware is giving Bowling Green a run for their money when if they played each other. So um, yeah, they're not they're not playing great teams. You're right though. Ohio State does play a tough schedule, and I don't know what I'm. You know, and I think it's in is it next week or two weeks? Notre Dame, Ohio State, which looks like it's going to be a hell of a game because Notre Dame's playing really well, and I think they could beat Ohio State, and and I think that. You know, as much as I want Ohio State undefeated when they play Penn State and Penn State to beat an undefeated Ohio State team, I think that Notre Dame wins that game. And we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but I think it would be very cool because I think the week or two after that, Notre Dame would go to Duke and Duke's definitely going to be undefeated when when they get there. I think they play an easy team. So, I mean, how cool would it be to have like Duke could be a top 15 team in the country playing, you know, possibly the number five team in the country, Notre Dame. Um, in in Durham, that would just be such a crazy thing for for Duke. It would be awesome. I would I would be rooting for that. Um, but we're not talking about Ohio State this week, so let's uh, keep it rolling. The next game on the schedule, not much to say about Kansas State minus five and a half versus Missouri. Who do you like? Uh, yeah. So so last week, one of the um um w- one of the things that I I I talked about and uh. You know, I, I guess you could say um, one of the things that that drives me nuts in college football is like I, I, I think college football coaches and, and and Franklin is is certainly guilty of this. I think college football coaches are some of the most just like sensitive, temperamental people on earth, <laughs> and it's just like like they're they're always just just so on edge. Um, but I, but I think that when when you know college football coaches sometimes tend to worry about like you know, things that, that just like focus on coaching football and, and Eli Drinkwitz at, at Missouri is one of those guys who is just worried about everything, but college football. And you look last week, Pat Narduzzi is another guy who's worried about everything except just coaching the game. And you saw what happened. Cincinnati came in and beat you. So I, I I'm, 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 I'm all over Kansas State in this game. I think five and a half is a joke of a line because Kansas State has a great defense and they have Will Howard, a quarterback who's, you know, a Philly guy, went to play for Chris Kleiman, you know, after Chris Kleiman coached Carson Wentz, who, who you know, he looked up to, I assume, for 11 weeks in one NFL season. But uh, so now they have Will Howard, who looks as, as good as he's ever looked at Kansas State. Um, you have an incredible defense. Now, Missouri does have one, one of the best receivers in the country in Luther Burden, um, but that's that's really all they have. Um, and, and then the other the other you know, thing that I, I noticed was Kansas State just destroyed Troy. And and Troy's in the Sun Belt and, and they're usually very competitive in the Sun Belt. Last year Troy lost one game. It was to App State and it was on like a Hail Mary at the end of the game that got deflected in in the end zone and caught. So Troy's a really good team. And I was like, oh maybe they're just down this year. But then I look and Troy's, you know, Troy's favorite at uh JMU that this coming weekend. JMU's a two and team and a really good Sun Belt team as well. Um you know and, and meanwhile Missouri like is squeaking by bad opponents. Um, so I'm not, 
and it, like middle Tennessee state, like it doesn't add up to me. So I think that, that Eli Drinkwitz worried about everything, but college football and constantly talking and NIL and this and that, um, just, just, just all my nerves. So I'm taking the people that are actually focused on playing football in Kansas state with a good quarterback, the great defense minus five and a half. Uh, Kansas state is a very, very trendy pick to be that next TCU. I, like that TCU was last year. I don't know if that's the case, but I do think they take care of business um, at Missouri. I love your take on college football coaches. I was talking to a high school football coach this week, and he mentioned how James Franklin showed up on their field via helicopter to talk to their team right. for 15 minutes. And uh, it was not James Franklin's only stop. He he made four stops around the the, the Delaware, Delaware Valley and Pennsylvania mm-hmm. area at different schools, pretty much just announcing his presence. Like, Hey, look at me. Yeah. I can show up in a helicopter. You should come play for me. Like yeah. it's definitely just an ego status thing. Yep. And I was thinking about how much money he actually has to spend on that. So I was curious, like, does he have to go to the athletic uh, director for approval on that? Does he have to rent a helicopter? Is one on standby? Like, is that part of his contract? So all these things are going to my head of him trying to justify the reason for that. And I think it is justifiable to be like, Hey, I pull up and I land on their, uh, the, the logo of these high school teams. And those kids are going to get the message that, you know, we're a big deal yeah. and they should come play for us. Yeah. I think it's a great strategy, but uh, I think trying to justify that to maybe a an accountant isn't uh, is is going to be an interesting uh, adventure right it's there. So it's so crazy. I, like, so I'm reading I'm reading this book and it's it's about um uh so Jim Thorpe, who a lot of people think was one of the best athletes of all time. He, like, he was a Native American um, football player. So 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 this the 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 basis of the book is. Jim Thorpe played in a college football game versus Dwight Eisenhower. So Jim Thorpe played for, it was called, it was called Carlisle Indian school in Carlisle PA. Um, Dwight Eisenhower played for uh, army West point and the coach of Carlisle was pop Warner. So pop Warner, it was, I mean, it's, it's interesting because I talk about just coaching ball. Pop Warner was like developing the forward pet. Like he was, it was just figuring out how to play the game because this is in the yeah. revolution. This is the yeah. late 1800s. I know. So the game was in 1912, but it kind of starts in, in the late 1800s. But anyway, um, so one of the things that the pop Warner did was, uh, you know, everyone was like enamored by native Americans at this point. They, they had this like vision of just like wild Indians, like Cowboys and Indians still was like a thing. So he used that, like they had the status. They were a really good football team. Um, and they, would take train rides like basically across the country. So they would go play. I think they played, um, um, I want to say it was Cal, like university of California may not have been like the way we know it now, but it was basically that. And all along the way on the stops, they stopped at these, like not, not really high schools, but like communities that had all these kids who played football and they called the first recruiting trip ever. He just, was like, this is what we'll do. Well, we're going to go to California, but we might as well stop at all these specific places. And one of the places they stopped, Jim Thorpe was, was at as like a little kid. So that's how I found him. So it's interesting. I mean, it's, it's been going on since literally the turn of the century in college football, but it, it just changed. Instead of taking trains now, they're taking Hel- helicopters. helicopters and staying for 12 seconds instead of taking three months to get to uh, California from Pennsylvania. But that's your, your fact of the day. All right. Absolutely. I think I know what's going to happen this week, Joe. I think you're going to turn this around and it's because you're starting to narrow your search across. Instead of focusing on all college football, you are truly focusing on the Big Ten. Yes. And your next game is also in the Big Ten. Purdue at home, two and a half point underdogs against Syracuse. 
Who do you like in this one? I like Syracuse minus two and a half. I think that Syracuse has uh, a very experienced quarterback in Garrett Trader, who has been, I think he's been their starter for three years, but he is a, is a fifth year grad student. Um, and meanwhile, you're breaking in Hudson card at, at Purdue who, um, you know, he was, he was a hot prospect out, out of high school and, and uh, originally committed to Jimbo at Texas A&M. Now he's at Purdue. Uh, but you're also breaking in a new coach at Purdue. Um, who actually what was the defense coordinator at, at Illinois. But um, I, I think that, so I think Syracuse has, has that going for them. Um, last year, they were two and O against the spread versus big 10 opponents, including Purdue and just a wild, crazy game, um, which is at the carrier dome or no, it's not called the carrier dome anymore. It's called something else now, but at Syracuse. Um, and then the main reason I'm playing Syracuse now, and I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier. Uh, Dino Babers ha- has, these teams playing really well early in the season. I think Syracuse got to like seven or eight. No last year before, before they lost. So they play really well in the season. So I think they can go into Purdue with a quarterback. Who's not going to be phased, you know, playing in this national TV game at night. What a joke that is Syracuse, Purdue national TV, eight o'clock playing in that game. He's not going to be phased. And and I think that uh, I think that Syracuse can, can, win this game pretty, pretty, pretty handily against uh, uh, Purdue, who is just trying to kind of, kind of feel their way out after uh, Aiden O'Connell and, and Jeff Brom era ended. So uh, give me, give me, uh, give me the orange minus two and a half. I like the analysis, but you are not alone in people who like this game because the public is all over Good. 84% of the bets are coming in. Also 97% of the money is coming in. I don't think I've ever Good. seen a number that high in terms of the amount of money coming in on one team. They're all on Syracuse this yeah, week. Yeah. You know who they're all in last week, Colorado. And you know who I took Nebraska. So <laughs> Here we are. Good. I'm with um, Joey. Joey Public is back. <laughs> Let's take a break and then we will cover the NFL slate. Place your bets. Off to a great start. I am three and two in the NFL, picking right up where I left off last year. And I hope to keep that streak going this year, uh, this week. And we're starting with the home team, the Eagles. So last week I had the Eagles. Uh, uh, losing to the Patriots in our in our head-to-head. So each week we're going to give out a pick for the Eagles game. You had the over-under. How'd you do on that one? Pushed at <laughs> 45. All right. So you are 0-0-1. However, yep. <laughs> I lost by taking the Patriots, and and I'm happy the Eagles won. I'll, I'll start with that. However, I should have covered. <laughs> I should have covered that game. Uh, oh, yeah. So um, I am, I'm 0-1 on, on Eagles games this year. Yeah, it gave. I mean, they gave Mac Jones every opportunity to go and win that game. He did not get it done. Uh, I, I will say the Patriots' offense looks competent. Um, that probably has a lot to do with Bill O'Brien coaching it, um, and their defense is going to be good. Like, I think this could be a good team. Yeah. Like, I don't. I, yeah. I think the Eagles played played very poorly. Um, and and <clears throat> man, I had a lot of issues with the offensive line, but but I think a lot of that has to do with with you know. I, New England doesn't necessarily have game records on that team, but I think that um, I think that the way that they're coached really, really lends itself to this this type of first game of the season, not great weather. Um, so it was a tough, tough game. They're very lucky to get out with a win. Um, I mean, the the thing everyone's talking about is Jalen Hurts doesn't look like himself anymore, and it kind of looks like it just sort of looks like he's protecting himself more. Um, which is not not necessarily a bad thing. Um, so I, if, I'm going I'm to stop you right there. So I I want to know: Does Patrick Mahomes look like himself? No, 
Does Joe Burrow look like himself? No. Does Josh Allen look like himself? <laughs> nope. And that's probably because he's bruised and battered. <laughs> so my point is, I'm not too worried at this point. Let's let's give it a few weeks and see what happens. Yeah, I have very little concerns with, with the Eagles offense. Um, I think the other surprise was a lot of Kenneth Gainwell seemed to be the number one back. Um, not this week. <laughs> you no, know, certainly not this week, and and we'll kind of see what happens there. But um, I think that was a little bit of surprise to some people. But but overall, I you know I I I don't have I, I just don't have the concerns with the offense. I, the the offensive line didn't look great. I think I think my lot had a penalty. Um, Kelsey is not the greatest pass blocker to begin with, but but he was he was getting blown back off off the line a little bit. Um. You know, Cam Jurgens, I, I think for for his kind of I don't know, I think it's his I think it's his first start unless he filled in uh, at some point last year. But, um, I, you know, I thought I think he held up OK, not no, nothing great. But I think that that's all stuff that you're getting the rust off. It's you're going to improve. Um, and I think this week they, they improve in a big way. Yeah, one of the things that I found very interesting about week one was first the lack of touchdowns that were scored and touchdowns were down by. I forget the exact number, but it was something like 15 to 20 from the previous year. Yeah. And that was actually down by about 10 from the, from the previous year. So when you look at that and you also look at the lack of preseason games and preseason snaps that these mm-hmm. quarterbacks that we just talked about, yeah, they don't play. You know, they're not playing. So this is their preseason. So I, yep. I'm, I'm expecting a, you know, sort of a one to two week lag. I think, most Eagles fans are are in sync in that the team looked terrible, mm-hmm. yet they somehow figured out how to still win, which is which is great because aside from one or two bad plays, the Patriots played very well, right? Yeah, you you take away that pick six, you take away that 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 turnover in the red zone, and and that that's a completely different ballgame. So I'm I'm very happy that the Eagles are are one to know at this point. I think that could have easily slipped away from them. And uh, on the defensive side, there's some injuries this week. So they Bradbury is is as of now ruled out, and mm, that's a killer. Uh, yeah, so that that's going to hurt, especially going against the the wide receiver duo that that's coming in. And uh, we also, you know, we're waiting to see what happens with Fletcher Cox and uh, our safety uh, Blankenship is also uh, out. As well. out. Yeah, so I think that that Blankenship's out. It gives Cindy Brown the opportunity to, um, ba- I think, basically coming in and you know Wally Pip, uh, uh, Blankenship. Wally Pip was uh, the starting center fielder for the Yankees who got hurt, and then Mickey Mantle uh, was his backup. So Wally Pip never uh, never played center field for the Yankees after that. Uh, but I think Cindy Brown, you know, we saw him play certainly a lot at Illinois. He made a hell of a play on special teams uh, where he just timed to hit perfectly. I, God, I don't know how the guy hung onto the ball, but um, I think that Cindy Brown will, will have his opportunity. I think I think he'll he'll play well. Um, and then on the offensive side of the ball, you already mentioned it. Kenneth Gainwell's uh, going to be out as well. I, those were the three I saw. I don't know if anyone else is. Fletcher uh, Cox was the last one on that report. And right now, he's considered questionable. He was limited right. in practice, but the, I, I the guess, Sydney I Brown guess. injury. I'm actually interested in him because, or the Sydney Brown. Uh, fill in for black yeah. and chip. I'm actually interested in because I think this could be a good thing. The way he performed in the preseason, he yeah. was popping people and he was flying all over the field. I don't know if it's a worse thing, especially early in the year to get a guy, these, these starting reps. I think it's good to have, you know, we saw what black chip could do last year because he stepped in as well. We got to remember he stepped in when, when other players were injured. So having another guy step in and get those, get those, uh, you know, real 
season snaps, I think is, is instrumental for, for later in the year. And uh, I think you're, you're absolutely right. This, this could turn into a, a guy who does not give back up this position. Yeah. And uh, you know, if Fletcher, Fletcher Cox uh, does not play, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, I think that they may have gotten a good one in this Jalen Carter. Fella. I think, I think <laughs> so he, I think he might be okay. Last, last week and, and he was splitting time. Yeah. So he's going to see an uptick in, uh, in, uh, in playing time this weekend, his uh, MVP odds for defensive, I'm sorry, his defensive mm-hmm. rookie of the year odds are down to plus 450. He is the favorite. He's also uh, rising in the defensive player of the year. Well, uh, rankings because of, of of what he was able to do in, in week one however there's there's some other studs on the defensive end that you know we'll talk about in, in a few minutes that i think are going wrong way with that award uh carter will win the defensive rookie of the year this year and uh next year he'll be the best defensive tackle in the nfl that, that that's my my prediction and that's from seeing him play like 20 snaps <laughs> but i mean it, it, like I don't, I'm I'm not breaking here, breaking down film or anything, but when somebody is obscenely quick for their size, you can notice that. And he seems like he seems very fundamentally sound. Like he's, his technique seems great, but he just, he is so quick. It's not fast. It's quick. And these guys don't have a, like he's, they're hiking the ball and he's by the guy already. It's, it's incredible. And I was, I was blown away by that. And to top it off, he's just strong as hell. So uh, yeah, this guy, I mean, he was the best player in the draft. He he fell because of non-football related circumstances and the Eagles took him. Your and, breakdown now, of now, him now is very similar to Michael Parsons, right? He had the chance yeah. to win uh, not just defensive player, the uh, rookie of the year, but also he was in nomination for defensive player of the year and you've seen what's happened since then and, and how he's sort of taken off and did, and did Parsons to... win did he win defensive player of the year last year? No, who won it? No, um, uh he did not. He won uh defensive rookie of the year two years ago. Who won defensive player of the year last year? Uh was it TJ Watt? Oh it may have been. Yeah. Um it may have been TJ or no 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 I'm sorry. It was uh it was Nick Bosa from San Fran. Oh that's right. Yeah. That's yeah, right. and TJ Watt was the year before when Parsons won uh, a defense. Okay, yeah, okay. All right. Uh, so with the Eagles, let's break down the the Vikings game. So the Eagles are seven point favorites at home, coming off a short week, and they, as we mentioned, did not look good last week. They're huge favorites considering uh, considering that. So, what's your take on this game? Well, I have a play on it. Um, and I'm taking the Eagles. I have them uh, minus six at Bet mm-hmm. Rivers. If anyone wants to wants to get shady with it and, and go there, but I got the Eagles minus six. <laughs> um, I, you know, I think that all, offline we we talked about Minnesota's got to travel on a short week. It's early in the season. That's really really challenging to do. Um, the Eagles go home. They're going to have a lot of, a lot of juice at home. I I think that's a, a huge part of it. Um, the Eagles are dealing with injuries. That that's that is for sure. Um. The Vikings probably have the worst secondary in the NFL, though. And we do have Jalen Hurts, uh, Devontae Smith, and 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 A.J. Brown. So I think that, um, it, you know, in a lot of ways, I think that those are the two matchups. How does Eagles, you know, how does Josh Joby and and Sidney Brown hold up versus Jefferson and, and Addison? Um, but I think Brown and Smith are, are right there, too. Um, and I, and I, I don't think that that Minnesota has a chance to stop those two guys. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the birds. Um, I have them. Uh, they're my survivor pick this week. I think, I think Ooh. it's a win. Yeah. I'm going to burn them early. I'm, I'm trying to hang in there. 
Um, and then uh, and then yeah, I think they cover the those six points. Now now it's juiced to one fifteen minus six. So so I okay. take that over the minus seven. At, yeah, uh, for minus sure. One ten. Uh, that being said, so you're locking that up as one of your five picks. That is one I, of my locks. Yes. Okay, so I'm guessing that is also your pick for the Eagles game this week. I'm yep. going to go ahead and uh, I was debating. I'll tell you the three picks I was debating for for my. I'm not taking. I'm not locking the Eagles up as one of my five. However, I was looking at which pick I want to take for the Eagles game. I was between Eagles minus seven, the Eagles minus three and a half in the first half, and teasing the Eagles down to one, and then teasing them with another team that we'll talk about later. So between all three of those, I, I'm very confident this Eagles team as well. I'm, I'm actually going to go with the Eagles minus seven. I'm going to just stick with the straight line, and I'm going to go with them. One of the reasons is I just looked at the forecast for the weather uh, this Thursday in Philadelphia, and it is a low of 64 and a high of 78. That is perfect football weather. Beautiful weather. The ball will be able to float through the air. So I'm, I'm really excited for this one. What, what do you think uh, – we, we touched on it, but what do you think uh, the Eagles do? So, your, your Gamewell's not playing. Do they – I mean, does Penny yeah. become – because they were – obviously, Penny so, will, will dress, but they were playing Swift kind of as a third down back. Does he just take 20 carries, or are they going to split that with Penny and Boston Scott, I, keep Swift on yeah. third down? I, I don't know what they do. I think this entire season, those four running backs, I think it's going to be just a running back by committee. Mm-hmm. And when I first heard that Penny was – a healthy scratch last week. My first thought was we're going into a short week. He's going to have 20 carries on Thursday. Yeah, that was my yeah. first thought. And now that game wells hurt, I, I, I would really like to see if game will was healthy. What would have happened because that, I mean, that was my first thought. So I think that it's just going to be whoever the freshest guy is. Uh, let's just rely on the offensive line and anyone can run behind this offensive line. All right, so that is the Thursday night game. Let's get into the full slate. Before we start this, Joe, you already have one locked. I have four of my five locked up, and based on our conversation, I'm going to add a fifth in there. So This is a disgusting week in the NFL, by the way. This was extremely challenging for me. So for me, the reason it was extremely challenging is because I love a lot of favorites. Really? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. And typically, I I take three or usually four sometimes three underdogs and it was really difficult to, to, to find those this week. So mm-hmm. the first game of the week that we're going to talk about is the bears versus the bucks. The bucks are at home and they are the favorites at minus three. Do you have a play on this? I do Ooh, bears bears plus three. Tell me, tell me your logic here because the bears did not look good last week. Looked horrible against, against uh, green Bay looked absolutely horrible. I think that uh, one of one of the huge things was, was the play calling was, was really stale did not, did not benefit Justin Fields or did not help him uh, at all. Um, I think that gets corrected against the Tampa Bay team. That's not good. And I, I, I understand, you know, Baker Mayfield comes out and, and wins them a game. And, and that's, that's fantastic for him. Uh, it's not going to happen often this, this season though. Um, so I think the bears go in, I think they win this game outright. So if you're going to give me three points and please do, but, so but I think, think the, the bears, bears, Justin Fields can go on the road and beat yes, the Bucks at home. I do. Wow. Okay. I do. I have that much confidence in them. I, so I like the number. I, I was, this is one of the games that I was staying as far away from. As possible. <laughs> Yeah, uh, just I, because... I, I don't blame you, but I just I the, the, Justin Fields is my new Lamar Jackson. Like I, the Bears oh. are my new the Bears are the Bears are my new Ravens. So oh, you know God. I'm going to be riding them all year, win or lose. 
Well, if you need any Roshan Johnson, just let me know because I have him on my fantasy yeah. team. Um, he's he's up oh, for trade. Cool. I have fields on mine. <laughs> the the next game on the slate is the Packers versus the Falcons. Both of these teams led uh, one last week. The Packers are actually favorites minus two traveling to Atlanta. Do you have a play on this one? Nah, nothing. I love the Falcons in this. Give me okay. Falcons plus two. Ritter looked not great last week, considering he wouldn't throw the ball downfield. However. Yeah. He made the right checkdowns nearly every time because he went 15 for 18. So everyone's like, this guy sucks. He can't throw the ball. He's doing exactly what they need him to do. And he's not trying to win the game. He's trying to say, yeah. all right, we have two amazing running backs. We have a great running scheme. I forgot going into this year. And I, this is on me because I had Algier, Algier as a rookie last year. Mm-hmm. And he put up 1,100 yards. Yeah. And going into this year, because of the hype around Bijan, I was so fixated on Bijan that I completely forgot to even consider Algier in any of my drafts. And I, I, I truly regret that because now I remember he is he is a talented running back. And I think that this duo is the best running back duo in, in the whole league. Yeah. Uh... Uh, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, Jones and Dylan. Well, I, I know. I was going to say, like, that's the too, other one that comes to mind. But um, I'm not um, a huge fan of, of Dalvin Cook, but I think uh, Cook and, and Hall could be considered. Uh, I, I just I don't see too many too many others that, that yeah. jump out. Yeah. No, you're you're right. Um, yeah, I, I think that I, I need to see. Look, like right. I said, you know, the Bears took care of business, or the Packers took care of business against the Bears. I need to see Jordan Love a little bit more. See that see the Packers a little bit more. So, uh, yeah, it was a stay away from me, but but I would probably have been on on your side of things uh, had I played it. A lot of divisional games this week. The next one is the Colts versus Texans, and this will be the second divisional game for the Colts this year already. This time they're going on the road. They're playing the Texans. The Texans are plus one and a half at home after only playing out, what was it, nine points at Baltimore last week. C.J. Stroud did not look comfortable. Um, again, it's it's going to be a much different defense that he's playing. He's not playing that Ravens defense, but Texans plus one and a half. Do you have a play? I do. I have the Colts minus one and a half. Was that one you were considering? I, so... As I mentioned, I have I have four locks and the fifth I'm, I'm I'm going back and forth on, but I'm leaning toward the Texans in this one. Okay. I think oh, I'm going first, to first tease. Fight? Ah. Well, you know, uh, let's do it for a head to head. We'll do our okay. first head to head. I'll take the Texans right. plus two, uh, plus one and a half. You have the Colts minus one and a half. All right, perfect. Uh, what do you like? Is it Richardson? You you think he's just good? Uh, I mean he's okay, but but I think the Texans <laughs> are, are are really really bad. Um. I think this will this will be, you know, this will be this will be a, an interesting game to watch. But I think the Colts have enough on their offensive line where um, they can kind of keep 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 the Texans at bay better than the Texans will be able to hold uh, the Colts' defense at bay. Although these are not great defenses by any stretch, but I just think it's easier for for Anthony Richardson to ha- to play behind a good offensive line as opposed to um, being C.J. Stroud. Although I think C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback out of the draft. Um, I, Richardson, I, I just think has a little bit. Um, you know, we talked about this in our preseason um, coverage. Uh, Richardson just just is set up better for for success than most yeah. most rookies. I think they win this game. This is an interesting one for uh, for former Eagles coaches, right? You have a uh, uh, so you have Shane Steichen coming yep. in as the the offensive coordinator here. So head coach. Uh, yeah, as a head coach. So moving on to the yep. next game, another divisional game, the Ravens versus the Bengals. And this line has actually been climbing. I, I had written down as minus three. I've seen it as high as minus three and a half for the Bengals in some books. Last year, you were the number one Ravens fan in the NFL. 
Does that continue this year? It does not. I told I told you. I, I told you uh, that, that my new Monday Ravens are the Bears. I am taking the Bengals minus three and a half. That's where I saw it at. And I don't know why. Because they looked horrible. Joe Barrow still looked hurt. Yeah, this line is three and a half. I'm so so close. So the reason that I'm not all over this game is because two of my locks are already favorites. And I I try and get three to four. So far, I have three favorites locked up. And yeah, the uh, why is this? Why is this line three and a half? It doesn't. I don't know. Doesn't make any sense. But, but I, 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 when it, when it looks that odd, I, I, you know, uh, Nebraska side, I'm going to, I'm, so, I'm going to get on the, the odd side. So it very well could be that the Browns defensive line is the, like, it very well may be that very best good. in the NFL and a combination of that and the rain that happened uh, in that game last week made the Bengals just pretty much immobile and yeah. they're expecting, uh, expecting a rebound here. So I might be and on that. Lamar, Lamar didn't do a ton in, in game Lamar one. Lamar did not um, look good. He, uh, he, uh, he looked a little rousing. And, and I mean, you know, uh, Todd Monken's a new offense coordinator in Baltimore and, and uh, Stetson Bennett's a little bit different, you know, the last quarterback that he coordinated and then Lamar Jackson. So I think there's some getting used to um, Joe Barrow is a competitive guy. If he's look, he looked he looked like he was maybe knocking rust off or just still hurt. But I think that he he's, I, I think he's a type that, that will get up for this game and, and go out and win in front of the home crowd and win big. A team that's coming off a few extra days rest are the lions and they are hosting Seattle Seahawks who got burned by the Rams last week. The Seahawks are currently uh, plus six against the lions. Do you have a play on this one? Nope. Nothing. So my early prediction was to to hop on the Seahawks here. And because they got burned last year, these two teams played each other and it was an absolute shootout. I, I was, you know, I think it ended up in the seventies. So my first thought was to take Seattle uh, plus six. And then I realized Seattle did not look good. And although the lions needed to have everything bounce their way to, to sneak out that, that one point win, they're going back home and in the dome, they're a much different team than on the road. So all that may be hesitant, and I actually removed this as one of my locks. That's why I have one opened up. So I might come back to this and take uh, Seattle plus six just because I think it's a lot of points. Yeah. But for now, I'm going to move on. All right. The next one, a team that I truly care about, the Chargers, because I have them advancing out of the AFC versus the Titans plus three. And the Titans cover for me last week. Thank you to Frable for that. Instead of going for the touchdown, he went for the <laughs> field goal to, to make it a one-point game and cover. So right. I, I'm truly happy about that. However, the Chargers lost by two to the uh, Dolphins last week, and I know you have Hill on your fantasy team, so you're very I, happy I still, I still lost that week, by the way. I, I that that's how, that's how horrible last weekend was for me. I had Tyreek Hill on a fantasy team and still lost the game. <laughs> so I forgot to tell you this. Last night, I was browsing through FanDuel late at night, and uh-huh. I realized that Tyreek Hill going into week one was uh, plus 10,000 to mm-hmm. win MVP. Okay. He's, he mentioned that his goal was to reach 2,000 receiving yards for the year. Mm-hmm. If he does that, he's on pay, whatever he's on pace for, that's going to break the wide receiver record. Right. If he he's... breaks a wide receiver record, he mm-hmm. probably will be named MVP. So my thought was... I'll, I'll tell you who the MVP will be if he breaks wide receiver record. Tua. It won't be Tua. It will not be Tua. <laughs> I mean, 
so I looked at what his MVP odds are, and it's uh, seventy-five to one. So I put a, a a nice little wager on that, and I'm gonna I'm hopping on the uh, the hill the hill wagon for this year. All right, let me let me see here. Uh, let me just do a quick quick Google search. Uh, since the genesis of the MVP award, however, no wide receiver has ever won the award. Even Jerry Rice, the greatest wide receiver of all time, never won the award, despite the fact he once had eighteen hundred forty eight receiving yards in a single season. So well, yeah, it's maybe, not two thousand. Well. It is not two thousand. He's on pace for thirty six hundred, and yeah. I will take that all day long. So in this game, the Chargers versus the Titans. Moving back to this, the Titans are plus three at home. Do you have a play? This is a weird one. I really want to take the Titans. So I did love, I, but, but I, I love yeah, I the Chargers. I think the Chargers are too good to do that. Oh, man. Tannehill looks so bad last week. I know. I know. I'm not, I'm not messing with it, though. I, I Yeah, I think I need to stay away and learn a little bit more about both of these teams. The next one I do have a lock on, and it is the Raiders visiting the Bills. The Bills are home favorites at minus nine. Do you have a play? No. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to take the Bills. But they, I mean, look, and Cincinnati looked horrible too. Josh Allen definitely displayed his worst game as, as the Bills quarterback. Uh, four turnovers, three to the same guy, which is nuts. Um, I, 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 I wanted to take the Bills, but I just couldn't do it. I, I don't know how this team's going to respond. I do. Josh Allen is a great quarterback. As of, what, five days ago, we all thought mm-hmm. that he was in contention for the best quarterback in the league. Yep. He had a bad game. It happens. And I'm all over the bills in this one. I think they're going to take out the frustration of losing in that fashion mm-hmm. on the Raiders, and they're going to blow them out. So give me the give me the bills in this one. I'll probably yep. also be teasing this team in a few you, different instances. You, you, hate, you hate the 1-0 Oakland Raiders. They won last week, right? They did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. Incredible they won a game. They did. Um, yeah. yeah, I would have been on the Bills too. I just just couldn't pull the trigger. The next one is one of the teams that um, one of the games I've been considering, and it is the Kansas City Chiefs traveling on the road. The Jaguars are plus three as a home underdog. Again, we know that the Chiefs are coming off a few extra days of rest. They lost to Detroit, and the Jags won a close one against the division rival in the Colts last week. Do you have a play on this one? I do not. Is is Travis Kelsey uh, going to play? Is that undecided. confirmed? Undecided. I, I, I haven't okay. seen yet. Well, we'll see if uh, his his new lady friend Taylor lets him uh, <laughs> let, lets lets him out. Um, Chris Jones did resign, so that that is a boost for for the Chiefs. Um, my my thinking on the Chiefs would be a lot like your thinking on the Bills, where they you know um, they they want they want to come out after after a week one loss and and just blow the doors off a team, but uh, uh, could not pull the trigger on it. I'm really close to taking the Chiefs in this one. Even if I don't lock them up, I think I'm going to bet the Chiefs at minus three. I I, I think I, I'm going to do it before that climbs to three and a half. So I think I'm going to be on the Chiefs this week. Let's let's wait and see what happens with the rest of the games and our analysis before I lock them up. The next game is the 49ers who had an amazing game against the Pittsburgh Steelers last week. The Rams also went up to uh, Seattle and blew them out. The Rams are home underdogs in a divisional game. They are plus eight right now. Rams. I'm so close to locking up the Rams, though. Rams plus eight. Um, I, you know, I, I don't have a ton of uh, feel for this one other than, I mean, look at, look at Matt Stafford's numbers. You know, it was just good old Matt Stafford, 24, 38, 334 yards. Uh, 
that's just an efficient quarterback. Tutu Atwell looked looked great, um, you know, in, in, in with with Cooper Cup being out. Um, so I, I think that there's enough firepower with the Rams and, and McVay to, to score points. I think they can. And look, the 49ers have have a great defense, and Christian McCaffrey looked great. Um, but I. I I do think that the Rams can can figure out a way to score enough points to to stay with inside this huge huge number of eight. So this one's really interesting because the the biggest hesitation I have is Kyle Shanahan is excellent against his former assistant coaches, and McVeigh mm-hmm. is one of his assistant coaches, and he's owned him over over the previous years. So that's the one reason that I've stayed away so far. But this this very well may be um, this is probably a game I'm going to play, and this will. This may work its way into my my final five. All right. The next game I am staying away from for the purpose of betting. However, I am taking this team for my survivor pick, and that is the New York football giants visiting Ah. the Arizona Cardinals. The line is Cardinals plus five and a half. Uh, No play. I mean, I gave all my five plays, so I'm I'm done, done for now. But, uh, I, I was very tempted to take the Giants. I'm actually using the Giants defense that just had 40 points hung on them uh, in a couple fantasy leagues. I think that there's a bounce back opportunity there. Um, I think the Giants should just bounce back overall against a really bad team. Um, I think I think Dable's good enough to um, at least get them refocused quickly. And and let's be honest, the Cardinals, uh, you know, they they played Washington tough, but Washington's a bad team. Um, you know, they're not they're 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 not the Cowboys. They're not a good team. Um, so I, I do think that, that the Giants can uh, really just just figure a lot of things out in this game and still win it. Um, but if if they are still figuring things out, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lay points. So uh, stay away from me. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't I don't know if the Giants cover this game, but I think they win this game for all the reasons that you mentioned. I think that last week we saw the worst version of the Giants. You think about what happened early on. There's you know a, a two defensive a defensive and a special teams touchdown to start the game that really limits what the Giants were able to do, especially in the rain. So you're now in the rain, having to deal with the pass rush. Who knows that they can run straight up field? Guy mm-hmm. like Michael Parsons. It, it was the worst case scenario for the Giants. I'm not sure what the Giants are going to be, but I know they're not going to be that bad all season. I think on the contrary, I think everyone was surprised that the Cardinals were in that game. Yeah. And we don't know what Washington is yet, but I think the Cardinals take a little bit of a step, uh, step back. The Giants take a little bit of a step forward. And uh, that's the reason that that I like them for a survivor pick. The next game, I, I almost locked this up and I actually had to remove it. The, <laughs> the Jets are, uh, visiting the Cowboys the Cowboys are minus nine and a half oh I know what's your what's your initial thought on this Cowboys why well the Jets quarterback is not Aaron Rodgers anymore if in case uh, you didn't hear about that um so the Jets are going in there with with Zach Wilson presumably as their starting quarterback I thought I I thought Brees Hall ran ran the ball incredibly well um but I think maybe the best player I saw uh the entire weekend and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I thought the best player I saw was Michael Parsons and I, I'm certainly biased, but I, I mean, it's a joke. It, there, there's just no one in the, in the NFL that can stop the guy. He, 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 you blink, he's by you and he's, he's on your quarterback. Um, Dallas's defense was, was equally as impressive as, as their offense against the giants. That was just a, a whooping uh, yeah. from, from start to finish. Uh, what do you think the uh, defense is better than the offense? 
So uh, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think Dallas offense had to show anything. No, right. So yeah, totally. I think their, their run game looked good with Tony Pollard in the rain. And I, I think that's to be expected. I'm still not sold on what the Cowboys are on offense. I do think that the Jets defense is legit. So I think a combination of the Jets defense being legit, the Cowboys defense being legit. I was actually targeting the Jets at plus nine and a half originally. And then I, I went back. And I watched some of the, the the highlights from the game again. And the main reason I stayed away from this one was because of how the the Jets performed against the Jets offensive line performed against the uh, Buffalo's defensive line. So you you take that and and to your point, now you add a guy like Michael Parsons in there and you you make that defensive line that's going against the Jets even better. I think it's going to be more of a field possession game, but I think that with that being said, I, I don't know how much Wilson's going to be able to move the ball at all. And, you know, if I were the well, the, the Cowboys going into this game, I'd say, how do we stop Bruce Hall? Yeah, that, Wilson won't, won't, won't move the ball. I think the, the Cowboys are going to say exactly that. And I think the Jets' counter will be what the Eagles did last season when, when they had to deal with Parsons and just run to, run away from them. Just go to the opposite side of the field. He's on run to the other side of it. Um, so I, I expect the Jets to do that. And maybe they stay within this number because they're just going to run the ball a ton. Um, I, I I don't think Zach Wilson has it. Like you said, their defense is really good. Uh, so maybe, I don't know, maybe the Jets Jets would be a good play. It's it's not what I'm, I'm going to do because I, I was definitely wrong about the Cowboys going in. I think they look, oh, they look so legit. Yeah. yeah, we didn't talk about my two losses and we can move <laughs> on from that, but I did. Uh, <laughs> Me too. I did have a winning week. So we'll go on to the Commanders plus three and a half versus the Broncos. I do not want to spend one minute on this game, but. No, it's garbage. Think. Nothing. Okay, I, don't, I don't care. I have a feeling that's going to be a lot of the games for the Broncos this year. It is. And the commanders. All right. The Sunday night game, the Dolphins versus the Pats. The Dolphins just had a huge win traveling to the West Coast to beat the Chargers. They are minus two and a half visiting New England. I I, I still like I, I saw what the Dolphins could do in, in a shootout. Um, what do they do against against New England, who I think has a pretty good defense t- just to stay away from me? For me, it's it's all over the Patriots. I think that's a uh, this is going to be one of my locks. Uh, I think the Dolphins are coming off such a high. I think yeah. the Patriots know that they let one slip away from them. So I think they're going to come in a little more focused. I, I think this is more of a mental game. Uh, traveling up to New England. New England secondary actually looked pretty good against A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Yeah. So I think that they, they you know, no one can really shut down Tyree Kill. But I think that if anyone has the opportunity to, it's uh, Bill Belichick coming up with a plan for that. So yeah, And the Patriots on offense don't necessarily have the players, but Mac Jones is incredibly decisive. Uh, he yeah. makes the right decision he's a lot. He's really good. So, he spreads the ball yeah. around. And, you know, if I'm Belichick, I look at this game and I'm like, all right, you guys have Mostert. You, uh, he's even injured. Mm-hmm. So you have Jeff Wilson's out. You have uh, acne. You have, uh, and I forget the the fourth running back's name. So I'm looking at that and saying, okay, let's, let's play two deep safeties and you guys can run the ball for five yards all game long. Yeah. yeah. And, and see if you're comfortable doing that because Guess who's going to get upset if he doesn't have five targets and and you know by halftime, Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill. If, so uh, I, I, that's for those reasons I'm on the the Pats plus two and a half. There are two Monday night games this week, and it's interesting at the same they, time they actually overlap in time. So they used to Stupid. do this in the beginning yeah. of the year where there'd be one at seven and one at like nine thirty. Yeah, and then the Chargers will play the Raiders so <laughs> at nine thirty. Now they're actually you know it's two different networks that have this Monday night game that are, they're going against each other. The first yeah. one owned by the is, same company though. Like, I don't know why they couldn't have just spread this shit uh, out, but I thought it was NBC and CBS. It's ABC and ESPN. 
Oh, okay. I did yeah. not know that. Okay. So the first one is the Saints minus three versus the Panthers. Any play on that? No, no interest. Nothing. Okay. So I, I like the no Saints idea. in this, and I, Ooh, I might yeah. make this my fifth lock. Okay. But I'm I'm hesitant to do so. I just I don't know how much I trust um uh Bryce Young yet. I'm I'm just not there yet. The next one is one that I am locking up. The Browns are facing the Steelers. The Steelers are plus two and a half at home against a divisional team in the Browns. I am all over the Browns in this one. Yeah, that would have been my my sixth play. Um, I, I think the Browns the Browns is is the move here. Uh, Kenny Pickett looked looked uh, beyond repair in, in his his turn. The, the receivers looked incredibly dejected. I think there was. Um, there was like video, uh, one receiver wasn't mic'd up, but you could read his lips and he kind of said something like something, something along the lines of, I like playing here, but, but this shit ain't it or something. So there, there's some issues there. And, and Najee Harris just had just non-factor against, uh, against well, the Niners. That, that whole game was interesting because the 49ers got out to such a hot start that the Steelers were forced to just pass the ball the whole time. Yeah. So I think they only had nine rushing attempts between their two running backs, uh, the Steelers that is. The Browns, on the other hand, just came off of another big division win uh, against the Bengals, and uh, they looked their defensive line just looked absolutely incredible. So yep. I'm I'm going to try and ride that defensive line because the Steelers swept against a good defensive line in the 49ers. They did not win, and I'm going to have that same philosophy going in with the the Browns in this one. Defensive line wins out. I like it. All right, so I have uh, Joe recap your five picks uh, for us. All right, so I have uh, tomorrow night, I have the Eagles uh, minus six at home versus the Vikings. I have the Chicago Bears uh, plus two and a half at Tampa Bay. I have the Cincinnati Bengals at home minus three and a half versus Baltimore. I have the Indianapolis Colts minus one and a half at Houston. And I have the LA Rams plus eight at home versus the 49ers. All right, and I have given four of my locks so far. I'll read those over and then make game time decision for my fifth. The Packers versus the Falcons, I have Falcons plus two. The Raiders versus the Bills, I'm taking the huge favorite in the Bills, minus nine. I have the Dolphins versus the Patriots, the Patriots plus two and a half, and the Browns minus two and a half uh, visiting the Steelers. So I am between the uh, Colts and Texans. I'll, I'll also mention that, that we have the Colts and Texans as our first head-to-head of the year. Mm-hmm. You're on the Colts at minus one and a half. I'm at the home uh, division underdog Texans at plus one and a half. My final games come down to Seahawks plus six, Chiefs minus three, Rams plus eight, and Saints minus three. So every game. Well, there's there's four in there, and let's see, you you're already on the Rams. Yep. Oh man, which that's... is probably a sign not to take the Rams. Well, I mean, it's plus eight. That's that's a it's a really good number there. Oh man, do I take three favorites this week? I I think I'm going to. I'll, I'll go with the. Oh man, I don't want to do this. I will go with the Chiefs minus three. All right. That's going to be my final lock. Chiefs minus three. Lock it up. Place your bets. For Joe Simonera, I'm Shane Curran. That's all for today's show. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Remember, rate, review, 
subscribe, and always bet on yourself. Philly and the Over is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe?